In the suttas, the Buddha gives a beautiful analogy that describes how important it is for us to be patient in our cultivation. The word cultivation is very good. The Pali word is bhavana. So you do metta bhavana or citta bhavana, the cultivation of the mind, the cultivation of loving kindness. So think of yourselves as farmers. I'm a farmer. And what does a farmer do? It's hard work. You don't just throw a bunch of seed and come back three months later and expect a crop. There's cultivation, there's a, a caring for. And any of you that are parents know very well how much care and attention it takes to grow children, to grow them up, to guide them. How much you have to be patient and watch and quit interfering and trying to control. But at the same time, there needs to be boundaries and guidance, etc., and support. So, Sayadaw, in his book, In This Very Life, he gives such a beautiful, detailed elaboration on the Buddha's metaphor. He says, The Buddha gave a rather homely example which illustrates just how the results of meditation are attained. If a mother hen lays an egg with a sincere wish for it to hatch, but then runs off and leaves the egg exposed to nature's elements, the egg will soon rot. If, on the other hand, the mother hen is conscientious in her duties toward the egg, Sitting on it for long periods every day, the warmth of her body will keep the egg from rotting and will also permit the chick within to grow. Sitting on the egg is the mother hen's most important duty. She must do this in the proper way, with her wings slightly spread out to protect the nest from rain. She must also take care not to sit heavily and crack the egg. If she sits in the proper style and for a sufficient time, the egg will naturally receive the warmth it needs to hatch. It's very good for us because it's about sitting. We have to sit for a long time and we have to warm up It's not the egg, but it's warm up the heart, warm up our attention on the object. And we have to be gentle, persevering. And we can't be getting up and changing posture, etc. It's such a perfect metaphor. Inside the shell, an embryo develops beak and claws. Day by day, the shell grows thinner. During the mother hen's brief excursions from the nest, the chick inside may see a light that slowly brightens. That's very true. If we keep persisting and breaking through that shell of delusion, then little by little we start to see more clearly, more truly. We begin to see reality, things as they really are. After three weeks or so, 
a healthy yellow chick pecks its way out of its claustrophobic space. This result happens regardless of whether the hen foresaw the outcome. All she did was sit on the egg with sufficient regularity. Mother hens are very dedicated and committed to their task. At times, they would rather be hungry and thirsty than get up from the egg. If they do have to get up, they go about their errands as efficiently as possible and then return to their sitting practice. He says, I am not recommending that you skip meals or stop drinking liquids or cease going to the bathroom. I would simply like you to be inspired by the hen's patience and persistence. Imagine if she became fickle and restless, sitting for a few minutes and then going out to do something else for a few minutes. Her egg would quickly rot and the chick would lose its chance for life. So if we were to do that, our practice would just fall apart and our chances to realize Nibbana would evaporate. It is the same for the yogi. If during sitting meditation you are prone to giving in to all those whims, to scratch, to shift, to squirm, then the heat of energy will not be continuous enough to keep the mind fresh and free from attacks by the rotting influence of mental obstructions and difficulties such as the five mental hindrances, sense, desire, attachment to our bodies, to the bodies of others, gluttony, craving for future sense pleasure as, as a result of meditation practice. A yogi who tries to be mindful in each moment generates a persistent stream of energy like the persistent heat of the mother hen's body. This heat aspect of energy prevents the mind from rotting from its exposure to kilesa, that means defilement, attacks. And it also permits insight wisdom to grow and to mature through its developmental stages. All five of the mental fetters arise in the absence of attention. So it's to keep our attention like a seal over the mind, to keep out any of the defilements. All five of the mental fetters arise when we have poor attention to the breath, to the object, to the practice, to our mental cultivation. If we are not careful when there is contact with a pleasurable object, the mind will be filled with craving and clinging. The first mental fetter, we will have a craving attack. With mindfulness, however, sense desire is overcome. Similarly, if we can penetrate the true nature of the body, attachment to it will disappear. Our infatuation with the bodies of others diminishes in turn. So the second and third mental fetters are broken. 
Close attention to the whole process of eating cuts through gluttony. If one carries out this whole practice with the aim of realizing Nibbana, hankering after mundane pleasures one might obtain in the afterlife will also disappear. Thus continuous mindfulness and energy overcome all five fetters. When these fetters are broken, we are no longer bound in a dark, constricted mental state. Our minds are free to emerge into the light. With continued effort, mindfulness, and concentration, the mind slowly fills with the warmth of the Dhamma, which keeps it fresh and scorches the kilesas. The Dhamma fragrance penetrates throughout and the shell of ignorance grows thinner and thinner, thinner and more translucent. Yogis begin to understand mind and matter and the conditionality of all things. Faith based on direct experience arises. We understand directly how mind and matter are interrelated by a process of cause and effect, rather than being moved by the actions and decisions of an independent self. By inference, we realize this same causal process existed in the past and will continue into the future. As the practice deepens, we gain deep confidence and we no longer doubt ourselves and our practice, the other yogis or our teachers. Instead, the mind is filled with gratitude for the Buddha, the Dhamma, and the Sangha. Then we begin to see the appearing and disappearing of things. You may already have experienced this in your own practice. We realize their impermanent nature, their suffering, and their lack of a permanent self. And upon the occurrence of these insights, ignorance of these aspects disappears. This is growing in wisdom. Like the chick about to hatch, at this point, we see a lot of light coming through the shell. Awareness of object moves ahead at a faster and faster pace, and we will be filled with a sort of energy that we have never experienced before, and great faith will arise. If we continue to incubate our wisdom, we will be led forward to the experience of Nibbana, the freedom of the mind. Magapala, path and fruition consciousness. We will emerge from the shell of darkness, just like the chick, who, filled with enthusiasm to find itself in the great world, runs about the sunny farmyard with its mother. So too, we will be filled with happiness and bliss. Yogis who have experienced Nibbana feel a unique, newfound happiness and bliss. Their faith, energy, mindfulness, and concentration become particularly strong. I hope you will take this analogy of the mother hen into deep consideration, just as she hatches her chicks without hope 
or desire. Just carrying out her duty in a conscientious way. So may you well incubate and hatch your practice. May you not become a rotten egg.